0: Hello and welcome to La Liga Talks. Today we're bringing you something different. We have a crazy interview with Andrea Olandi, one of the top football agents in the world. He tells us what it's like to work with stars such as Antoine Griezmann. He also gives us insight into his football career and what it was like to train with players such as Messi and Ronaldinho. But first, let Oli and Carla bring you up to date with the latest La Liga news. The dream
1: continues for Girona. 5-1
0: the final score. Don't big grabbing the headlines with his hat-trick. Savinho with an excellent performance. Bellingham across goal and it's forced home. <laughs> Real Madrid take the lead. Danny Carvajal in the 99th minute. The comeback is complete. Mayhem in the Bernabeu.
1: The final whistle is blown on what has been a very, very satisfactory evening for Xavi Hernandez's game. Immensely entertaining, I hope everybody apart from Betis fans has enjoyed this absolute spectacle. Valencia take victory at Mistaya by one goal to nil against Athletic Club. Hugo Duro with the solitary goal in the second half. It was an enthralling, intense game, it was. Every bit as good as the billing.
2: Well, Carla, what an unbelievable weekend of the League of Football. Loads of goals, loads of drama, and in the context of the title race, a very important one.
3: It was an amazing match day. You were lucky enough to actually go to one of those games, which you'll speak about a little bit later on. But I think we should really start off with Girona, who are top of the league right now.
2: They're the team we were just talking about every single week, but this weekend may have been their best performance of the league. I know it was against a struggling Sevilla side, but... A five one victory and they were on fire. I mean lots of players. Sean, the standout one was, was Artem Dovbick who received his December La Liga player of the month award before the game. And he certainly showed us why he was voted player of the month, didn't he?
3: He really did. I mean I thought Sevilla were really gonna be the the surprise on Sunday evening, but you don't know now quickly turned things around, even though Sevilla did go ahead uh, quite quickly. And that six minute hat trick by Dobbik, wow. Uh, what can we say? I mean, the whole team has been producing for him. It's not just a one-man thing of going on there, but um, we saw an assist from Sabio, another one from Jan Couto, Porto as well, who who's honestly been an incredible player for them off the bench.
2: I mean, Davic, who, who let's remember it's his first season in the Liga, and for him to score 14 goals and 20 appearances. After Sunday's hat-trick, he was joint top goal scorer with Drew Bellingham. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy to to come into the league and to not need any time to adjust to the to the level to the play style and just smash it from the off. So Dovbek has been, yeah, the surprise package of the season. I would say, obviously, in a Girona side who surprised everyone. Worth mentioning Porto, as you said. I mean, he's a bit of an unsung hero. He's only um, started twice. But all season, he's got two goals and three assists. And we can't forget his last-minute goal against last pound was a match day four, which was super important. Um, but yeah, the thing we always questioned about Girona was whether they had the depth and the quality they're bringing off the bench has really proven that it doesn't seem to be an issue.
3: Yeah, as you were mentioning, I think uh, Michel has really found a way to slot in all those players who have come in. We saw it with Eddie Garcia. We saw it with uh, the full-backs they're all really finding a way to kind of uh, find their way through this team and, and find their spot, even if it's from the bench. Christian Stuani, Maleri as well. I mean, the, the, the depth of the squad on paper may not seem as important as it really has been.
2: Exactly. Stuani has scored seven goals this season and provided two assists. valerie has got two goals. So they're all chipping in. Um, and yeah, I definitely think the Girona team, are going to probably push Real Madrid all the way. I mean, we've been talking about them every week and we were kind of waiting for them to drop off, but it doesn't seem to be happening. Um, but yeah, they they got their win. But in Madrid, there was another big game, Real Madrid versus Almería. And the saviour was Danny Carvajal. What have you made of him this season?
3: That really was a mad game. We saw a goals galore in the Bernabéu. But Carvajal, I think he's having one of the best seasons maybe of his career. He's finally being a star player for Real Madrid as well, because in recent years, we've had the Cristianos, the Ventimas, Vinicius, who have boosted out a little bit more than him. But um, Carvajal has, has really proved that he's stepped up now as captain of Real Madrid, obviously when Nacho's not been playing, and um, the best goal-scoring season of his career, actually.
2: Yeah, he's got four goals in all competitions, three in La Liga, and two La Liga assists, so obviously, as you said, when Nacho's not on the pitch, Carvajal has the captain's armband on and he's really leading this team and and stepping up in important moments. I mean, I was at Sevilla Real Madrid a few months ago and he scored a really important goal to earn a point there. He scored that magnificent goal against Valencia and then 99th minute against Almeria at the weekend when Real Madrid really needed him. So yeah, Carvajal, hats off to you. Fantastic season. And uh then again on Sunday, an absolutely bonkers game in in Sevilla which I had the the pleasure of attending, Real Betis versus Barça. What did you make of it Carla?
3: It was honestly I don't even know where to start. Ferran Torres and his uh, shark mentality. He got a hat-trick and an assist. Uh, Yao Felix also came off the bench and played extremely well and got a goal that could have been the winner until Ferran actually scored his third goal. Uh, Isco was also magnificent, scored two goals in just a couple of minutes to get Betis back into it. Really, it's a shame that Betis couldn't uh, scratch any points from that game because they played extremely well. But, I mean, you were there, so you can tell the listeners better than me.
2: Yeah, I have to say... It was my first time in the Benito Villa Marine and honestly it was it was special. It was a special atmosphere, a quite an emotional day due to the farewell of Andres Guardado, uh, a Briel Betty's legend at this stage. He's going back to Mexico to finish his career on home soil, but I mean they had an amazing Tifo for Guardado and both teams gave him a guard of honor, which really just set the atmosphere um, early on and First half was an interesting one because Baris obviously scored in the first half. They did definitely dominate the game. I think Betis definitely didn't play the game they wanted to play. And when when Ferran scored the second goal, I was thinking this game is, is really getting away from Betis. But then Isco, you know, he's been their star player this season and he really, really shone. Two goals in two minutes and I was pitch side. And I don't know if I can remember sound like it when, when, he scored the second goal because it went in and then went to it was checked for VAR and then there was a delayed celebration, but once the ref had officially awarded the goal, honestly it was, it was mind blowing. The hair was standing up on the back of my neck, and I was just trying to soak in, soak it in because it was, yeah, it was special. And the Betty's fans are super passionate. You oh, know, sixty thousand people. Um, and then obviously, Joao Felix, who, as I was there pitch side, I, I watched Joao warm up for about 15 minutes. And I was wondering when Xavi was going to call upon him. And he called upon him at the exact right time. I mean, not too long after he came on, he was involved in the winning goal. Um, so he's had moments of brilliance this season. He probably hasn't been as consistent as he would like to. But um, yeah, it was a really, really nice finish with the outside of his right boot. Again, a Ferran Torres assist. Incredible performance from him. Ferran at the end, dinked the keeper and, and made it four-two. Which kind of, you know, when you're obviously I'm a neutral, I, the result doesn't really matter to me. But when you're in the home stadium, you do want to see, you know, the fans going crazy. So Barça definitely ruined the party. But a big result for Barca, who've been struggling a bit in recent weeks. And, yeah, Ferran stepped up when he was needed.
3: Yeah, as you said, Barcelona, I think they had one of the best first halves they've had in a long time. So I think we were all extremely surprised when we saw Betis come back so quickly. But I'm sure Tabi is extremely happy with uh, the way that things went in the end. And he's going to have a tough time choosing his starting 11, especially up front. Yeah, Felix and Ferran are both doing very well. Lamin Yamal also had a very, very good match. So we'll see if Lewandowski maybe gets relegated to the bench.
2: It's a difficult decision for for Xavi, but a problem that he likes to have. I mean, to be choosing from from the quality of player that he just listed there could have worse things. But um, another big thing to happen this weekend was, of course, Valencia's home victory to Athletic Bilbao. And they've been in fantastic form. That's four wins on the bounce. Were you expecting them to get a win against Bilbao at the weekend? Uh,
3: honestly, I wasn't expecting Valencia to have as good a season as they're actually having. They have so many youngsters that I think we were all in doubt if they were going to really come through and improve themselves as they're doing right now. Diego López, Pepelo, Javi Guerra, Mosquera even at the back. Um, they're all doing very, very well. And uh, Marajas is, is doing a great job of handling them, of helping them grow in the team. And also Valencia are in a position right now that maybe they could even push push for European spots.
2: Yeah, they could definitely. I mean, Baraka, you know, he's a he's a club legend, so he understands the club. He understands how it how it works, and you know, something he's getting the most out of is the fantastic youth academy that Valencia have, and um, and also Pepe, who came across the city from Levante, and um, this summer has been. Probably their star player, in my opinion, this season. Coming straight into that midfield, scoring big goals, being a real leader. And Christian Mosquera, let's remember he's only 19 and he's made 16 starts this season. So to have a 19-year-old who's already imposing him on the first team as much as he is, it's a real positive for Valencia. So let's see what they can do this season. You know, Jose Luis Gaya is back to his best and... The average age of this Valencia side is only 25 years old. The youngest team in La Liga. So that is a real positive. They can kick on in seasons to come, but it's all about this year. Can they get European football? Time will tell, but the vibe is good in Valencia right now, I'd say.
3: Very exciting stuff. We'll we'll see how it goes, I guess. We've still got half a a season to go. What do you guys think? Let us know if you think Valencia will get that European spot that they're gunning for.
2: So there you have it. That's all the latest La Liga news um, from myself, Ali and Carla at the La Liga Talks podcast. But as always, we have an exciting interview coming up. So it's over to Luke.
0: I want to start with sort of the current day. Could you tell me a bit about your your work with
1: La Liga TV? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Obviously, I retired more than four years ago. And since I, I was back here in Barcelona, I had a kind of... Interest, uh, you know, with uh, media stuff. Even when I was a player, I was always up for things with the media guys, and uh, and obviously the opportunity came up uh, to work for La Liga TV to actually try, you know, if I was good enough to communicate what I could see on a football pitch. And I was given the chance. Uh, you know, I remember perfectly. It was a bus derby, uh, Athletic wow. Club <laughs> It was a big day with guys coming in dieta. so it was a it was a big debut, and and I loved it. Uh, you know, I enjoyed it, and I thought, well. Uh, you know, I, I, can, I can do this uh, and obviously I have to get better. I take it uh, professionally. I take it very seriously. and uh, But the most important bit for me is that I just enjoy it. So just coming here today for me is not a problem. I just come from three days away from home. So my wife is not the happiest. But, <laughs> you know, I always have a, a, you know, a smiley face because when I come over here, for me, it's not... I'm not working. Uh, I'm just loving it. So it's it's just brilliant.
0: Well, I must admit, even even in just in the time we've been we've been working together now, I can see that you're a, a really happy person. This is this is such a great thing to work with, right? Your colleagues must must love working with you. So and <laughs> well, you should
1: ask them. <laughs> I, I don't know, but I always tried. Even when I was a player, uh, you know, to uh, obviously when when I've enjoyed uh, when I've enjoyed playing is when I played at uh, my best. And now that I enjoy working for La Liga or the stuff I'm doing, uh, you know, outside of, of La Liga TV, I just do it with a with a smile on my face. I'm very lucky that I'm doing what I what I love doing. So, uh, you know, why why should I be moody or uh, you know or in a bad mood? I'm just I'm just a happy person and a positive
0: guy. I understand away from away from the fantastic work you're doing at La Liga TV at the moment. You're also um, an agent, is that correct? Could you tell me a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, uh, that, uh, that obviously was something that, uh, you know, after retiring, because I played in different countries and I got, uh, you know, a few contacts, a uh, few agencies, uh, you know, started ringing and I wasn't really sure that I wanted to do it. Obviously, uh, you know, it's a 24-7 job and, and it's difficult. Uh, you know, people might think it's just easy and you do one call, uh, you do the deal, get the money and, and job done. It's not, it's not like this at all. So I, I had to start thinking about it uh, until I met Antoine Griezmann when he was a, a Barcelona player. And, uh, and I met his entourage and they were, you know, obviously the sister is the agent of, of Antoine and she wanted to build an agency around Antoine. And, and they were looking for a football person, uh, you know, to run the agency for them. And, and I thought that it was a great opportunity to work with a world champion uh, to start with and to build, uh, you know, I would say a, a very good agency uh, where we, we look after players. Uh, you know, I just, I just care for them, I feel for them. Uh, it's like, you know, if I was working for, for me or even more because I just want the best for them. And obviously starting with a player like Antoine is a, a huge responsibility, but it's a huge privilege as well. So this is how I, I got into it. You know, I, I connected straight away with him uh, and, um, and obviously, uh, now I'm a FIFA agent. I passed the exam. You know, I've I've been working for more than uh, than three years now, and I'm gaining experience. I'm I'm loving it. You know, just the excitement of, uh, of the transfer window. Uh, it is tiring. Uh, it's stressful. My wife is not happy. Either, so she's not happy with what I'm doing. I'm the happy boy, but my family isn't. But I don't know. I just I just feel that I'm I'm in contact with uh, with my world, which is football. I'm in contact with players. Uh, you know, I can guide them or give them the advice. In situations where I I did it wrong, and I made the wrong decisions, you know, in, in key moments of my career, and I think that you know I can be, I can be affected doing that, and I
0: can really help. So that's that's why I'm doing it. Perfect. So I I, from, I can sort of hear what you're saying. If you don't mind me saying there, that you, you, it, since you retired from football, it feels good to still be involved in the world, right? And no, still absolutely
1: because this is what I've done since I was four years old. Where I started in a, in a football school, and. Uh, and to be honest, we, we're not prepared uh, for retirement. Uh, you can, you think about it, but you don't really want to think about it. And when the time comes, it's like, oof. now life starts and you're not ready. Uh, because you're basically programmed to train, to compete on a weekend. Obviously when I was in England playing the championship it was Saturday, Tuesday, Saturday, Tuesday. So I knew what I had to eat, what I had to drink, how I had to sleep, how I had to live my my professional life but now there's no game on the weekend anymore and and it's like they've taken away this for you the daily training as well i miss it the banter in the dressing room yeah absolutely everything so it is hard uh, but you know as i said i'm a lucky i'm a lucky person so i i'm still involved in in a world that i absolutely love and that's why i uh, you know i'm i don't allow myself to say i'm tired i don't allow myself to say i'm not happy because i'm i'm super lucky
0: I wanted to ask you about um, maybe some of your experience as a player. How did they shape what, who you are today? So you're you're working here at La Liga TV. You're you're an agent. Is there anything you took from being a football player?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think that uh, not only from being a football player, I think in in any sports, uh, you know, you get some uh, you know uh, amazing values. And um, let's be honest, I didn't have a you know, an easy uh, upbringing, let's say in youth academies. I started at Espanol and and, uh, and at one stage they told me I wasn't good enough. So I had to take a step back, then move to Alaves. And then when I joined Barcelona, for me it was a, a big shot. You know, it was like make or break uh, because my teammates were amazing. Uh, I got to train and play with the first team and they were unreal. Wow. And, and you know, I was tested uh, and, and this is the moment where I realized what it takes to be a professional player and to live the life I wanted to live. So, uh, you know, people being humble—that's uh, a huge, huge value that uh, you know I just take, uh, you know, every single day in my life, and I try to implement in my. Let's say when I educate my kids, uh, you know, the effort has to be there. You gotta be ambitious, but respecting each other. I think that teamwork—you uh, know, do it, do something as a team. You know, it's it's amazing. Celebrate together. So I think that these are values that you can take from sport or from football, from my career to what I'm doing now. So I just, you know, live my life like this, uh, you know, trying to be down to earth because this is where I, where I am. I'm, I'm, I'm no better than, than anyone else, uh, you know, but uh, the effort is always there. And, and, and obviously I'm ambitious too, because I want to be better every single day. But, you know, I think that football really helped me to, to be organized, uh, you know, to have my routines uh and obviously to set my goals and try to reach them and and i think that uh, is absolutely huge for any person and, and for me uh, personally i think that it's working
0: and hopefully i'll get
1: better you know
0: it's yep. just the start there you go there's some there's some words of advice for our listeners there that's that's, <laughs> that's absolutely great um so obviously I, I could speak to you all day about your different experiences and different leagues and different places it's, it's, it's absolutely absolutely amazing but of course we're a podcast now i want to um, i ask you about some of your experiences in La Liga. Could you possibly tell me a, a favourite game you've, you've played as a player? Or maybe even now, a, a favourite um, game that you've worked on here with La Liga? Today? Well,
1: I think my favourite game has to be my debut, uh, you know, for Barcelona. Uh, obviously, an every day, uh, you know, surrounded by stars um, that I, I'll never forget. A proud moment for me, for my family, for my friends, Barca fans. You know, uh, being a Barcelona uh, boy, uh so and uh, knowing uh, what Barcelona means uh you know here and, and around the world, it was a, a very important moment. Working as a La Liga TV pundit, you know, I've been lucky enough to cover Clásicos, uh Madrid derbies. Uh you know, I was in Madrid uh you know for the uh, for the Atletico win against Real Madrid, uh, 3-1. That was a special game where to Antoine scored by the way. <laughs> um so I think that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm just lucky, man. Uh, you know, I get to work with players that have won absolutely everything. I had a humble career, let's be honest, you know, I played, uh, you know, mainly in the UK in the championship, uh, you know, very proud to, to have played for the clubs I played for. But, uh, you know, if you compare my career to Chappie, who's won trophies, who's won the Champions League and League, Saitor Carancas, Schuster, guys Kamendieta, uh, you know, players that were, were absolutely amazing to be able to... Just sit uh, in, the, in the same table and, and talk to them about football, and see how humble they are, uh, you know, to uh, to talk to me, uh, to listen to me, and and actually, uh, you know, to appreciate my my work. Uh, it's just amazing. So, you know, if I, if I have to say one game, it has to be my debut, and in La Liga TV, you know, any classico that I've I've been able to to commentate on.
0: Perfect, perfect. And in terms of in terms of La Liga then, in, you, you told me about the level, the level when you went to the first team of, of Barcelona. Um, who was the most impressive player you played with?
1: Well, it has to be Ronaldinho. Yeah, Ronaldinho was, wow. yeah, first time, first time I trained with the first team, he was the first player to turn up in the dressing room and he gave me his, his handshake, you know, his surfer handshake and, and went like this and I couldn't believe it. I said, no, Ronald, this is not real, this is not happening. So I kept looking at him, I tried to, uh, you know, to make eye contact to see if he would, he would talk to me and yeah, he would throw some jokes. Uh, and, I, and I thought, wow, you know, and in training was just, you know, one of the most powerful players I've seen, uh, you know, because he's had massive legs and he was super powerful and strong. So this is not something you'd usually associate everyone with. You see the tricks and flicks, but yeah, the, the physicality but, too. Yeah, unbelievable. I mean, his legs uh, you know, are so strong. Uh, and then technically, I mean, I've seen Messi as well, uh, you know, as a, as a young, uh, 18 year old boy, uh, you know, breaking through. But, you know, if you compare the magic of Ronaldinho to Messi, Messi being probably arguably the best player ever, Ronaldinho was, was different, you know, he was even, I think in terms of talent, he had something more um, and it was just, you know, I just wanted to be close to him, be in the circles, you know, Barcelona, typical circles before training. I just want to be in his circle. Uh, and, and obviously being the same five-a-side team for training. I don't know. I, I thought I was just living my dr- dream. Uh, you know, I, that's why every time I went home after training with the first team and training with him, I would, I would tell stories about him, you know, to my girlfriend uh, at the time, my wife, my parents, my friends. And I was so proud that I was, uh, you know, able to train with him. The best I've seen, my father. <laughs> I far.
0: can see the delight on your face from him. Yeah,
1: because, I mean, he was a rock star and he changed the modern history of the club. Uh, Barca fans are negative uh, you know, historically, and then he came in. Uh, as I said before, when you when you play or work with a smile, uh, it's contagious, you know. And and by the end of the first season of Ronaldinho, everyone was happy going to the stadium. Uh, Barca started winning, and he kind of kicked uh, you know the the new era of Barcelona with uh, the Champions League win in, in two thousand and five, two thousand and six, sorry, against Arsenal when I was at the club, and and it was a, a very important moment.
0: It's amazing how this how this, how this, this interview's podcast has, has turned around here. I, I am nearly immediately asked you at the start when you said, I'd like to do things with a smile on my face, whether Ronaldinho was a good example of that. And you've just told no, me absolutely
1: he is. Absolutely. Because when, when you see Ronaldinho turning up with a smile, when you see Xavi, the way uh, he was acting in the dressing room, I wanted to be them, obviously. Uh, not as a football player, because I was uh, not nowhere near. Not uh, many you know. are. Not many no, are. no, exactly. But... You know if if I could be uh, one day you know uh, becoming let's say a veteran player somewhere an example like they were for me you know I just I just wanted to be them uh, and, and yeah I was I was impressed and it was just like uh, going to to Disney for me every time I train with the first day
0: it's just I was so happy absolutely oh wow that's, that's some fantastic insight there thank you so much for that and um, for, you give us a brief sort of overview of your your journey there but one of the most important questions to asked now always is it's what's next what do you have on the on your radar now what, what do you want to do from now in the future have you got any big achievements you yet want to achieve? I think I've always
1: uh, I mean I've always liked to analyse the game uh, you know I, I love I love football and I just I just want to know more uh, you know and, and learn more uh, but you know if, if I miss something is the you know day to day you know life of being part of of a club uh you know obviously the most similar thing to being a player is a coach i will not be a coach uh, but working for a club uh you know going for for what might be uh, you know one uh, one of my my goals or my targets. my targets but you know i'm 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 really proud of what i'm doing i'm really happy at the moment uh, you know i'm in barcelona uh my wife deserves to you know a little bit of let's say stability because we've moved countries and we've moved places you know for a long time and, and now my girls are growing uh, nora is 11 emma she was born in brighton she's nine now and they're happy here in barcelona so i think i've touched base now here i'm doing what i love and uh, i don't see myself changing in the following two or three years but you know uh, i'm not uh, i don't want to be uh, let's say, uh, I don't want to say that this is what I will do uh, for the rest of my life. I just want to progress and I want to get better. But, uh, you know, so far, so good. I'm, I'm really excited with what I'm doing. So I just wake up every day looking forward to, to what is coming.
0: Perfect. This is one, one of the most inspirational interviews we've done yet. And, <laughs> and thank you thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it. And I'm sure our listeners can, can um, get some inspiration from some of your words there. That is absolutely great. Well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure.
2: Okay, guys, so there you have it. That brings an end to the latest episode of the The League of Talks podcast. As always, we ask you to follow and subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to us on. It takes two seconds, guys. And also make sure you leave a review as well, a five-star review, because that is a really good way of growing this podcast so more and more people can listen.
0: Also, share it with your family and friends, your dogs, your cats, whoever you know. Until next time.